Margot met Robert on a Wednesday night toward the end of her fall semester. She was working behind the concession stand at the RC Movie Theater downtown when he came in and bought a large popcorn and a box of red vines. Lightning recap. In Kristen Rupinian's Cat Person, a college girl meets a man who is nothing she wants and then briefly everything she wants and then nothing she wants again. You've got a little time. We've got a habit of making you think that maybe your internet went out and a little podcast. (laughs) This is short story short podcast i am chris garcia here today with christy la baxter and you know i am sitting here in the lovely library of forever soroyan surrounded by hundreds of books in which many short stories live and i'm sick of these short stories what short story outside of this library should i have read last week well, there just so happens to be a little short story and a little publication. You've ne- probably never heard of it. It's very niche. It's called The New Yorker um, from this little town called New York. And so there's a story in it called Cat Person by Kristen Rapinian. And it was a fascinating tale. And speaking of cats, I have one on my lap who has not yet learned how to use his claws nicely. <laughs> uh, cats. I like them. And also, I love them in their yes. own way. Um, this story is, in many ways, you could look at it as a reflection of two separate ideas. One is that dating is hell and you never know what you're getting into. <laughs> Laughs in married for 20 years. <laughs> the other one is that we don't know what we're getting into and yet once we start getting into it we want it more than anything and it's this balance between the two that is fascinating and here i think that's represented beautifully yeah there's like this constantly shifting dynamic that i i is really hard to pin down in fiction um especially while maintaining any sort of a uh you know, sympathetic protagonist, because a lot of people are going to read this and think that she's she's wishy-washy, or she can't make up her mind, or, you know, she's just, uh, you know, a flake or whatever. But in reality, she's just figuring out who he is, and, you know, it, it, what type of guy he is, how he's going to treat her, and he's holding things back, too. She, they're both holding things back. So as they each release some sort of information or, you know, their behavior alters in in any way, that changes the dynamic between them. And that changes her feelings on whether or not she even wants to be here in the first place. Yes, very, very much so. And I think that there's also some, there's an aspect to it that I, I caught not knowing exactly when. I think the story was from 2019, was it? 2017. 2017, okay. I I think there is a tension there between generations because she's 20, so she would have been like a Gen Zer, he said with quotation fingers audible, and he's 34, a millennial? 
Oh, you're going to toss him in with us, are you? Well, this was five years ago, so he'd be, yeah, he'd still be a millennial. Crap. I'm sorry. I don't want him in yeah, our group. He seemed kind of useless, so I think millennial will be right. Uh, <laughs> okay. You just go wear your flannel and listen to your Nirvana, Mr. Gen X. <sighs> sorry, that brought back memories. Um, <laughs> I think that the the difference between the two is really interesting. And in particular, there's that great opening. She works at a movie theater, much like I did at the age of 20. Uh, yeah. And she refers to as red vines as trash, which they are um, without question. And she, you know, she, oh, the entire thing goes with her insulting him, <laughs> but not in a way that she's actually insulting him but it's more she's making an observation based off of this sort of comedic realm that she sees the world through and it's it's different like levels of of irony between the two generations too um mm -hmm. the 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 gen z i haven't quite pinned down what the deal is with their irony yet but it's definitely interesting it's like it's like surrealist irony sure Sure, sure. And our irony is more pure. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, first off, Gen X invented irony. Thank you. No, um, you invented ennui. Uh, actually, we stole that from the French in general. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the story itself is a... There's an awkwardness to it in it, overall. And it's not just the awkwardness of these two individuals, but it's the awkwardness of what dating can become when you're not sure, when you're not sure what you want necessarily. And in a way, when you're sure, not sure who you are. And I don't think he knows who he is. I agree with that. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is. She's still figuring it out, but she has a little bit more of an excuse being 20 as opposed to 34. But, you know, it's, it's okay. It's just a matter of, like, when you don't know who you are, it can be hard to find a person who meshes with you because, uh, again, you don't know who you are. It's like mm -hmm. finding a, a match for a piece of, of, of a puzzle that you can't see. Yeah, exactly. And I think that aspect, because, I mean, this reminded me a lot of, in a very roundabout way, uh, the film Her. And it's a film that I have said many times that only a completely emotionally devoid uh, male can really understand because it's, that's what the story's about. And this story is about her, I think. I don't think it's about the two of them or him. I think it's about her. And I think, depending on how you look at it, he's either imposing himself on her, which at times definitely, I think, shows in the story. Or it's about her just going along sort of with the flow because it's something that's there and possible. Yeah, and I think I think you've, you've pinned it down a lot, especially with, with what she's doing with the going with the flow thing. Um, she seems very passive in that young way where it's, it's kind of like, well, I'm just going to see what happens because... Sometimes I don't, I'm, I'm certainly not meaning any offense towards the, the youths or anything, 
but sometimes when you haven't had enough negative experiences um, to learn from, you kind of just welcome whatever comes. And, you know, at least it'll be interesting. At least be a story you can tell later. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But then once you get burned a couple of times or have a guy that, you know, is kind of uh, pseudo stalking you and sending you harassing text messages, um, then you might be next time I'm going to be a little more discerning and not just go with the flow, just, you know, be a little bit more assertive in figuring out what I want. And so that's, the, you know, but she's, she's at the stage right before that, where you learn, she's at the stage where you learn the lesson, which sucks. Yeah. And I think that that, I don't see her as different at the beginning and the end. I see her as different in the middle. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There was a time, I think, in the middle where she almost kind of talked herself into this idea that she could be attracted to him, but mm -hmm. she really was not good enough at talking herself into it because it did not last very long. This one little, like, just the tiniest little pinprick in that bubble popped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is also the first story in a while we've had that had sexy times. It did have sexy times. The unsexiest of sexy times, I must say. <laughs> no, I think that still goes to that Snow Kid story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I blocked that one out. Thanks. Uh, this one, I would say, is the most awkward. <laughs> it definitely is awkward. Um, uh, I... I don't know what to say about it without <laughs> saying too much or being maddeningly maddeningly vague. So I guess I'm just gonna not. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Um, and if you've ever had the chance to have a awkward uh, relationship with someone like this, and I have, <laughs> still not saying anything. Oddly enough, on both. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it it really does show that there's a there's something about these two people that just is not compatible. Oh, but definitely, yeah. I could have told you that. No, I I I really wanted to take this girl aside, take Margot, wrap a blanket around her shoulders, and just tell her, look, if he's gonna get pissy and act weird at the tiniest things, such as you taking a couple of hours to respond to a text message. He's a little prickly for you. This is not going to work. Just let it go. Just let it die a natural death and it'll be fine. But you know what? That's not how we learn lessons in life. That's not how we learn things. That's not how we experience things. And like I said, some things are, you know, going to have negative aspects to them. Go eat for you, girl. <laughs> Coco and a kitten. That's what she needed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, this one I thought was not a very New Yorker piece, which is interesting because it ran in the New Yorker. This felt something more like we would see on Electric Lit or- Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested because apparently this one was a viral sensation, which is weird because I had never heard of it. Same here, very strange, but whatever. Am I that far out of the zeitgeist? Uh, yes, old man, yes you are. <laughs> no, no, it is the children who are wrong. Always. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think I think this is a good one. You got anything else there, Christy? Um, just one thing that stood out to me so much so that I had to screenshot it. And it was Margot's description of losing her virginity, which I thought was kind of 
adorable uh, with the details. Losing her virginity had been a long, drawn-out affair preceded by several months' worth of intense discussion with her boyfriend of two years, plus a visit to the gynecologist and a horrifically embarrassing but ultimately incredibly meaningful conversation with her mom, who, in the end, had not only reserved her a room and a bed and breakfast, but, after the event, written her a card. <laughs> she had the the crowning pinnacle of virginity experiences, even though it seems like if that's the same boyfriend that she references later, he was gay anyhow. But the bed and breakfast? Come on! Oh. You know who that parent would have been? Gen yep. X. Or mom in this case. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know how it's did. Oh, patting his back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, Christy. Yes? How should we determine what we're going to read next week? I think we should take a quiz. <gasps> quiz time! Quiz time! Over on readsy.com, there is a quiz that you can enter in information about yourself, and it will tell you what short story you can read. And we are honestly just crossing our fingers and hoping that when I go through this quiz, it doesn't tell me to read a story that we've already read. So good luck to us in that, because we've been doing this for a little while. We've read one or two stories. True. So I, you guys are going to do this quiz along with me. Uh, so hey there, reader, what should we call you? Christy LaBaxter. Wah. Okay. Nice to meet you, Christy LaBaxter. Now, what show are you in the mood to watch? We get six choices here. Umbrella Academy, Black Mirror, Lovecraft Country, Little Fires Everywhere, Grey's Anatomy, and Normal People. I'm going to go with the Umbrella Academy. Okay. Okay. Pick a scented candle to light when you read. We have Concrete After Lightning, Apocalyptic, Fresh Mown Hay, and Pines by the Sea. Um, I'm going to go with Pines by the Sea. Yeah, the other things aren't really sense. They're sorrows. Yeah, true. Apocalyptic Sorrows. Oh, that's a great name for a band. Which opening line speaks to you? We get four here. A, Mrs. Dalloway said she would buy the flowers herself. B, a screaming comes across the sky. C, call me Ishmael. D, it was the day my grandmother exploded. Well, I know I'm always curious about exploding grandmothers, so I'm going to go with D. Yeah. Last question. Pick a color palette. Uh, just to describe, they each have four colors. One has uh, like a lavender and then mostly dark purples. One is like white, sage, that kind of colors. One is like pastels and one is brights. So I'm going to go with the one that has like the, the, the sage. Uh, all right now i have to enter my email because that was the whole point of this for them all along (laughs) all right christy labaxter check your email to receive your quiz results so let's see what reads he thinks i should read i have looked in all the possible (laughs) uh folders it could end up in the story it's going to give us whether it likes it or not Uh uh-huh is an Ursula K. Le Guin story. There you go. Called Hand Cup Shell. Hand Cup Shell. And that is available to read on the internet, yeah. I believe. Okay. Oh, it's on JSTOR. Okay. Okay, perfect. 
Oh, wait. Okay, so I can't log into JSTOR anymore. Uh, okay, so maybe, maybe this might, this might not work. I can, I can always post it to the uh, website that I have. Sneaky. Yeah, post it to the website that you have. Yeah, I'll do that. Because that's easier. Because this has been short story. Short podcast. I'm just very disappointed.